This is Port of Harlem Talk Radio, and I'm your host for this show and also publisher of Port of Harlem magazine at portofharlem.net. You can visit portofharlem.net, and from the menu, click POH Talk Radio to hear this and past episodes. We are also available on about seven podcast platforms. Our guest is Liberian-American Roberta Nina Cibode Brown Cooper. She has traveled the world as an international flight attendant and discovered African cuisine. That means more than just Liberian cuisine. <laughs> her guest and determination to introduce and educate her world on African cooking led her to write African Food Is a Culinary Journey. She appears at a book signing at Zawadi's NDC on Saturday, Saturday, June 4th from 1 to 3. Welcome, Roberta. Thank you so much, Wayne, for having me. It's a Thank privilege you. and a blessing. Well, thanks for time. Thanks for taking the time to uh, talk with me about something that so many of us like to do, and that is eat. <laughs> So you have traveled uh, the world for 28 years. Yes. 28 years. What was your typical high and typical low of living such a lifestyle? My typical high was the excitement of, of, landing, of landing in a different country each trip I, I had. That was my typical high. Visiting a new country and visiting, I mean, eating at eating the food, experimenting the food that they had, the country had. That was my typical high. My typical low was uh, staying up all night, <laughs> uh, getting to my destination, really. But it's something, it was, that's what my job required. And so, you know, the high and the lows work together well. Oh, yeah, but you know, typically people often think of people in your uh, position for those 20 years is living such a glamorous life because you're in the airplane, you're going someplace, you stand yes. in a nice hotel, you're getting wonderful food. Yes. <laughs> and, but I guess, was, those, I guess those, that's the dreamy part. Yeah, that was very, it was very good. It was wonderful. I had great, I had great time flying to all these different countries all over the world. I've seen just about almost all the world but my interest, my focus was every time I, we landed anywhere, um, visiting bookstores or magazine, magazines, I would, I would look at all the, because I'm a foodie by nature. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Some people want to see the Eiffel Tower, you want to see the food, but go ahead. Yes, I want to see the food. I want to go, I want to test out the different dishes they have, the menu. I want to go in the kitchens. I, I will ask, can I visit your kitchen? Uh, what do you have to eat and how do you prepare it? That was my interest, uh, visiting Eiffel Tower maybe once in a while of visiting different places, the cathedral, those were important, but food was my, my main goal. And that's what I focused on. And then I realized that I didn't see anything that looked, uh, that resembled anything African. And it was very disappointing. You mean, in terms, of you mean in terms of cookbooks? In terms of cookbooks, yes. Right, right, In terms right. of cookbooks, I was very disappointed because I didn't see any cookbook on the stand. I didn't see any magazine covering African food. I would see some, a few cookbooks. I would say um, it was published maybe uh, in, from Ghana, the foods, whatever, or Nigeria. But it was always written by someone who was not 
from Africa. I can and only I, imagine because that happens across the board, but go ahead. Yes, and so I felt uh, they're not telling this story. They're not telling people what African food is. They need to go on a journey. And so I yeah. began, I began putting together recipes. So one of the things you talk about is, is the regional similarities and differences in preparing African food. Generally, what are some of those similarities and some of those differences? Well, they are in terms of uh, with, with African-Americans here or with uh, the similarities in food, in preparing no, food? A, no, no, this is similarities and differences in uh, African food the regional similarities in African food and the regional differences in African food, like say the difference well, in the food from the Gambia and the food from South Africa, what's the differences? And then what's the similarity between the foods within the regions? Well, with, with West African, West Central Africa, our foods are, are prepared very similarly in many ways. We like spicy food. Whereas in Southern Africa and East Africa, their food is not as spicy as we, we have, but we, we love to have a lot of pepper and heavy spices in Western Central African food dishes. You said, and the West, you said Western the Central like spicy food and West, West and Yeah, Western Central Africa. Oh, okay, because you almost threw me off there because I like a lot of Senegambian food and the spice yes. and, the, and, the, and the pepper sometimes is way too much. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but I haven't, had South, I haven't really had South African food to know what it is, so I can't speak yeah. to that, but go ahead. Well, I, I'll speak to that because I've had some South African food. I was invited to several homes there and, uh -huh. um, and the food is very tasty, but it's not as spicy hot like our food in West Central Africa. Okay. That's the difference. The same, the same thing also with the food in uh, East Africa. It's not as spicy as West, Afri West Central African food. And the similarities, uh, we eat a lot of vegetables. We eat a lot of greens, grain, a lot of grains. I would say almost everyone in Africa eats uh, black-eyed peas. Uh, we eat... Um, the spices, the spices are more or less the same in North Africa and in Southern Africa. They eat a lot of cumin, you know, uh, um, cumin, cardamom, ginger, garlic. That's eaten just about everywhere. We, they're prepared with the, the dishes that we prepare in Africa. So we have a lot of similarities with spices. Because I always find it interesting, generally, when we when you talk about how these magazines and books don't really feature African food, what it also speaks to the fact that there's a void in our understanding what are those differences. And uh, oftentimes, I think that generally people would tell me, uh, and I'll only speak to the Senegambia region in, in particular, and that people wonder what's the difference between Senegal, Sen Senegalese food and Gambian food. I'm like, there really can't be that much of a difference because it's already the same people, two different nations. Yeah. So well, let me just give so let, me, you, let me just give it let me just give you an example. Jollof rice is a West African dish. I'm I'm sure you know about jollof rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jollof rice is a West African dish. It originated from the Gambia. But it's prepared different, it's prepared differently. In each country, I've had jollof rice from Nigeria from my Nigerian friends from Ghana, my Ghanaian friends, Senegalese friends, Sierra Leoneans, and Liberia, of course, my home country, but we were prepared differently. 
Liberian jollof rice has vegetables and protein, meat protein or chicken or fish. And we cook, prepare everything together. It's like one pot and lots of vegetables, carrots, uh, cabbage, green beans, everything is in that one pot of jollof rice, Liberian jollof rice. Whereas in Nigeria and Ghana, they're prepared differently. The protein is on the side and the rice is prepared differently. Meaning it has, the, it has the tomatoes and the rice and some, some put cumin in it or you know a little bit of curry, which I've had and I, it's very tasty. I like that. I like that flavor when they add other spices to it. So those are the differences in West Africa that I can tell you about. There's several variations of jollof rice. I'll tell you what I like about this conversation and I hope that our listeners will like it too, that so often we talk about African similarities and African differences. We're talking about uh, people and politics and now we're talking about food. So it's another yes. aspect of life yes. <laughs> that we need to catch up or catch up on. Yes. But, uh, yes. One of the things I love too, you talked about how you can tell the difference between uh, jollof rice by the country you're in. One of the things yeah. I'm learning is uh, how to distinguish where a person is from by what they call, um, uh, in Gambia, they call it wonjon juice. And in, in Senegal, they call it bissa. And I forgot the generic name now or the more generic name, but it's, um, it's the yeah, grape, they, grape juice. The they, yeah, they call it, yeah. Uh, Bissup, yeah, they call it Bissup. I think it's the French name, they call it Bissup because the Ivory Coast, they call it Bissup. Also, it's Sorrel. Yes, um, Sorrel, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. But the first time I had it was in Egypt and I thought it was grape juice. I kept saying, mm, this is the best grape juice I ever <laughs> had. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I couldn't stop drinking. They said, oh, wait, that's not grape juice. <laughs> yes. I I, I know um, when some prepare it, they put a ginger, they add ginger to it and they add yeah. cinnamon, they add cinnamon uh, sticks to it. And it adds a little, a little bit on lemon juice. I know when I prepare it, it's not very popular in Liberia. We drink it, but it's not that popular really? because we have a like uh, um, ginger beer. It's very popular in Liberia, but Sorrel is not very popular in Liberia. But, but some of us prepare it, and we add ginger, we add cinnamon, we add well, lemon juice. Well, I love peppermint in it. Oh, pe really? I, yes, especially in the summertime. Oh, I've never had that. I'll have to try it. Sounds great. Oh, it's a killer. <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, on top of ice. I mean, whether, whether it's hot or cold, I mean, especially in the summertime with ice is just delicious. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful juice, yes. It's healthy, too. I mean, how, it's now, really healthy. One, now, how is it healthy? Someone asked me once before that, and I couldn't answer the question. What makes it healthy? Because hibiscus is good for uh, blood pressure, okay. diabetes. And uh, cholesterol, I know that for a fact because I drink it. <laughs> I probably need more of it then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I drink it and I know people who drink it and I've read about it, you know, the health benefits. So a lot of the things that we, we as a people, people of color, uh, black people, Africa, America, we have a lot of things, similar foods that we eat that are very healthy. That came from Africa, that came from here. Like for instance, that was brought here like collard greens, black-eyed peas, you know, sweet potatoes. Those are all healthy foods. Yeah, and oftentimes, like you said, I see people tell you to eat those things if you want to eat healthy. Yes. For food is, food is health. If you eat health, if you want to eat healthy food, 
if you want to be well, you have to eat healthy. Right. And a lot of African foods are healthy. They are healthy. They're organic because we um, we don't we don't use uh, pesticides and all those things that to plant uh, our food. Everything is organic, and it's healthy also because we don't always fry our food. Uh, we steam our food in leaves or in corn husk or in foil. Here we use foil, or sometimes we're we're blessed to have source. What is sell bedetta leaves, so you can wrap up your food and steam it. Like for instance, in Nigeria, they use it mwen. They call it mwen, and it's so healthy. It's made out of black eyed peas, and they put different ingredients, tomatoes, different things in it, and they wrap it up and they steam it. So we we steam a lot of our food. We eat a lot of greens. No, pardon me. Before we go too far on the greens, I did want to speak about that later. But oh, you're talking okay. about unhealthy food uh, or unhealthy seasonings. Maggie's seasoning is very popular with uh, Africans, but I understand that it's a campaign now to get people to quit using it because it has so much salt in it. It just has a lot of sodium. It is MSG. A uh, lot, lot of people use it because they don't know the difference. But then again, in the villages, because I, I'm speaking from experience going to the village and eating, when they prepare the food, they don't use Maggie. They get the herbs from, the back, from, from behind the house and add it to the food. It's like celery. Celery has sodium in it. So if you want to season your food here, you can use celery. In, in Africa, many people don't use Maggie. It's those people who are convinced that Maggie sold to them is the best way you can flavor your food. They're the ones who continue to use Maggie. But I'm glad there's a campaign out there to, to discourage or to, in, in, to educate people so they know that using Maggie that has MSG is not healthy. Is that a European import? Yes, it is. Definitely is. And I, I mean, I, I, I try to inform my friends that I don't use Maggie to cook. I I've stopped learned, using Maggie years I've learned, ago. I've learned to stop using it. Yeah. There are so many things you can use, um, so many herbs you can use to flavor your food. Maggie is not, it's not the most important thing. Yeah, well, I will admit it tastes good. It, it's it's sort of like um, the Chinese use that uh, soy sauce, and then you yes. look on the back of it, and you see how much sodium in it is in yes. it, and you go, "Oh my god!" Yes, yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> but uh, you you also mentioned I'm not sure we mentioned rice yet, but I know in the book you mentioned Africa's number one staple is rice. Yes, yet as an American, I can only recall the jokes associated <laughs> with the Chinese and rice. Yes. And it really did not dawn on me how much this was an American myth yes. until I had been to the Gambia a couple of times and got so sick of rice <laughs> that I begged for some white potatoes. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on that, <laughs> on the myth? <laughs> yes, uh, Africans, we eat a lot of rice. Well, from in Liberia especially, we eat a lot of rice. And it's like, Every sauce you prepare, you must have rice next to it. Cassava <laughs> is the next thing. <laughs> cassava is the next thing, the root vegetable cassava. But rice is very important. I mean, some people feel they haven't had anything to eat if they didn't eat rice. They didn't it have seems rice. that way. It seems that yeah. way. I'm like, please, no more rice today. No more but rice. You see, yeah, we see Afri in Africa, our rice is very healthy, though. We have our red rice. Okay, they like the pink rice come from Madagascar. 
I mean, they produce the best rice. That's the only place in the world I I, I studied that the pink rice comes from Madagascar and that's very healthy. We grow red rice in Liberia and that's that's very healthy. It has the B vitamins, it has the C vitamins, I mean. So many people in Liberia, I will speak for Liberia right now in terms of rice because we eat a lot of rice there. I think we eat more rice than anywhere else in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) We eat healthy rice. So when you when you combine the rice and the greens, it's healthy. Yes, but do you have let me ask, let me go back to my question though. Do you have any uh, thoughts on this myth that it's the Chinese that eats rice? That eat more rice than us? Well, that the fact that you know people make these jokes. I don't know if you ever heard them, but you when we're younger, you know, you can eat too much rice or one rice. And people say, well, you're not Chinese. Or, or they somehow associate rice with Chinese, but never Chinese with Africans. Or say, well, you know, you're African because you you look at you like rice. Is that if Africans don't eat rice, and yet, in reality, Africans love rice. <laughs> well, I think it's a myth when it comes to Chinese because I traveled to China before in Japan. Uh, I traveled to Asia, all over Asia, and they eat a lot of rice. It's not just the Chinese. I think it's just a myth. Yeah, I think it's a myth because here people people eat potatoes, they eat a lot of bread, you know, like hamburger, you, you want a hamburger, and, and they think bread they're on eating, it. Yeah, they, all the bread that they're eating. And then you eat you know, the, it's, it's, pro, it's processed food. Yeah. Processed food. You're eating processed food. Rice is grown, it's it's natural. So I don't think the Chinese are the only ones that eat rice. Asians eat a lot of rice. And Africans eat a lot of rice. So it is a myth like uh, Chinese are the only ones who like, who just eat a lot of rice. Let's let's tell them, let's let them know that. Okay, well, we, we get that across. And that's a myth. <laughs> it is a myth. <laughs> that's a myth. <laughs> yes, yes. Once I was up in the Kanakunda, uh, well, buddy man, that's his home village in the Gambia. And, yeah. um, and the thing is, is that uh, the guys were showing me how they were planting trees for, uh, to you know, to bring to bring down the effects of climate change, and then he showed me where they used to grow rice, and I I emphasize used to because the Gambians, mm-hmm. like probably other lot of African countries, import too much rice and too yes. much rice from the Chinese, and the countries are trying to reverse that. Do you know anything about what happened? Why um, different countries quit producing rice and start importing it? I will speak for Liberia, my country. Um, Years ago, when I was growing up in Liberia, my father was a farmer. His entire family were farmers and they grew rice. They grew cocoa, coffee, uh, sugar cane, everything. There were a lot of farmers. Then we had the war in Liberia, 14 years of civil war. And so many of the elders that were teaching their young to plant rice or any crop for that matter, they died from the war. And so there has been a gap of where people were not able to teach the younger people how to plant these crops in in order to make a living. And so they started importing more rice into Liberia than they used to before. So I was was speaking for for Liberia on that matter, yes. But now, it's, right now, they're, they're trying to encourage more uh, agriculture 
farming, uh, teaching younger people how to farm, and which is very good. Yeah, it, it seemed like that's a reversal. But and, you yes. know, I want to stop for a point too, because um, you know, oftentimes on Facebook, there's always some group of African Americans speaking of Africa in some mythical sense. And this yes. is one of those cases where they can actually do something. They can go yeah. learn how to grow rice <laughs> and then get some money and go back home and home being Africa and, yes. and, and encourage themselves and others to grow rice. And I guess yes. now to be competitive, they would need to have the machines and I expect people to do it by hand. <laughs> yes, the machines, yeah. It, it, will be, it will be a great idea. I mean, it's a great idea what you're saying uh, for our brothers and sisters to leave from here and go back to Africa and help to educate those who didn't learn how to do farming, to give them, to teach them. And the, new, the tools that are being used now for farming, because before they used to use, you know, they burn the bush, they used to hole and they dig the hole. Uh, in fact, I have, a, I have a, a hole from way back. Maybe I need to bring it. I need I need to bring it there so you can see it. I need to bring it to the signing if you're going to be there so you can see how you used to use it to dig the hole and plant the rice. Now you have machines that plant the rice and do all the you know harvesting and all that. So I think education, educating our brothers and sisters at home in Africa is the best thing so that they can produce their own rice, grow their own rice, and eat their own rice. But the education will have to start here because my grand my grandfather, my uh, uncle still farms uh, my grandparents' land. Uh, and it was actually my great-grandparents' land. And just in my lifetime, I've seen how much farming has changed. Yes. And that, uh, you know, my uncle now is speaking of the day when he's going to sit in his house and just tell the lawn, tell the lawnmower or tell the combine which, where to go. Because they were going <laughs> to know. Because it's like driverless cars. They're going to have driverless yes. combines. Combines. You know, they they pick the they pick the cotton and all that. For yes, you. wow. So <laughs> new, techno new technology these days. That's oh great. yeah. So people need to get off and quit talking and start doing. And that's yes. one of the things that people can do if they really want to. Yes, I agree with you. I agree. But there's one there. If there are only one African dish you can eat right now, what dish would that be? And what regional country is it most popular? And what does it taste like? One dish I would eat right now besides my Liberian food. Oh, that's a good. That's a good way. Besides your Liberian food, someone else. Besides my Liberian food, <laughs> <laughs> the dish. Let me just name two. Can I name two? You can name two. Okay. The dish I would love to eat right now. The two dishes I would love to eat right now will be. Um, it's called seven vegetables. Uh, lamb stew with couscous. The next one is Where's my couscous and what where, where the dish from? Uh, North, Northern Africa, couscous. It's a fine grain from Simalina wheat. And they eat it a lot in North, that's, that's their rice in North Africa. They eat that more than they eat rice in North Africa, all over North Africa, especially uh, Algeria, Morocco, Tunisia, Libya, uh, except for Egypt. E Egyptians, they don't really eat that much of, of uh, couscous. But those countries I just named, they love couscous and they eat it with every sauce. <laughs> yeah, I've had couscous, uh, but also had it with uh, in Senegal. So I, I guess the next yeah. to Mauritania and all the Mauritanians come down. So anyway, yeah. And the but next dish, 
Like you said, food doesn't food doesn't see political boundaries, but go ahead. Yeah, the next dish is chebujian. Chebujian. Can you hear me? Yes. And you where know is what that, that from? is? It's from Senegal. It's from Senegal in the Gambia. They call it chip for short. They call it chip, but it's a fish dish. Dish, and it has a lot of vegetables. They sauce fish with a lot of fish, and they eat it with they serve it with, with rice. Okay. Yeah, my favorite is domoda. 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 That's what they call it in Gambia. They might call it something else in other places, but it's basically um, uh, chicken or some other meat with uh, peanut sauce. Oh, I know you. Yes, I know. Mafe. They call it mafe in Senegal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Senegal yes. says he called it. He swears it's mafe. I keep saying, no, it's domoda. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It, the, I think the Gambians and the Malians call it domoda. What you call it, yes. But in Senegal, they call it mafe. Yeah, he does call it that. Yeah, it's very delicious. I prepare it all the time at home. It's one of my oh, favorite I, dishes also. Oh yeah, I have to have it. A friend of mine, she knows that when I come over to her house, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Even there's the no, there's, there's, no discussion, there's no discussion with Wayne Watts. <laughs> Wayne Watts done with Tobina. <laughs> Even if you leave it out, if you eat it as a vegetarian dish, it's so delicious because of the different vegetables. You have um, okra, you have pumpkin, or you can use butternut squash, which I usually use. That you know, I good. use some, I put turnips, I put all of the different vegetables in it. And it's so delicious. And it's it's very comforting, yes. And well, I admit, the first time I heard that someone was going to serve me chicken, it was chicken, Domina, chicken with peanut butter sauce. The only thing I thought was peanut butter goes with jelly, not with chicken. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, yeah. <laughs> but I've learned. Yeah. But you know, there's a big festival in New York. It's not a festival, but it's a conference every year. It's called the Fancy Food Fest, Fancy Food Show in New York. And oh, it's usually, okay. yeah, and it's usually food from around the world. And it's so that um, uh, wholesalers can show or demonstrate their food. And oftentimes there's an African section. And one of the foods that they had last year or two, two years ago now because of the pandemic, so I got to say two years ago, was mm -hmm. this uh, grain called Fonia, F-O-N-I-O. Fonia, yes. I've had it. It's very healthy. And I think that was called Fendi, F-I-N-D-I. I know the name Fonia. Right. And then one of our readers called me and asked me if I'd ever heard of it because she wanted it because she said it was healthy and her doctor suggested it for her. It lowers your blood cholesterol. I mean, it lowers it lowers cholesterol and high blood pressure. I buy it. I buy it often at the um, at the organic food store here in my neighborhood. Right. Yes, yeah, and I, was, I, I, yeah, I, I eat. I eat it as a secret. Pardon me. Yes, yeah, she was able to find it and get it. Yes, it's here. Yes, it's it's very good. There's a couple of companies that are are promoting it because it helps uh, the economies of the countries where it comes from. Yes. And so, you know, I love those, com those companies because they're doing that. <laughs> they know, they know, they, they know the value of that, that particular, particular grain. They right. know the value of it. That's why. Yeah. And part of the process now is just teaching Americans to value it. Yes. It's very healthy. Yes. It's, it's almost like quinoa. You know what quinoa is, right? Oh, what's that now? Quinoa is like fonia, 
uh, but it's a, you can eat it as a cereal or you can eat it with, um, with as substitute as rice dish with some vegetables and sauces and stuff. It's sold also, it's very healthy, but it's very similar to funia. Well, I would admit those grains scare me a bit. So I'm not saying that I'm all that open to eating everything yet. Why? <laughs> um, because of taste, you know, uh, even couscous to me, it tastes good with sauce, but to eat it without the sauce is like, uh... No, but you have to eat it with sauce. Yeah, it's good with the sauce. With good sauce. With good sauce, exactly. With good sauce, yes. You have to eat it with good sauce. But I tell you, it's all fair. My, my One of my best buddies, or I should say my main buddy in, uh, in Gabby, we always agree that uh, we're brothers, especially on the world stage. We're both Africans. But when we when we separate ourselves, I know he's Gambian because he's going to eat fufu. And I know I'm an American because I'm going to eat grits. <laughs> 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 so don't ask me to give up my grits <laughs> well you know what since you like grits you might like uh what they serve in uh east africa the milly meal they pop they serve the same very similar to south, south africa also it's very similar to grits what is it called now milly, the, well some south africans call it milly meal and some call it pop but they have different names for it this is in your book too, I suspect. Yes, it's all in my book, and you you can you can have that with some sauce also. I like having it. They have this um, spinach dish that they cook with peanuts. With oh, you know, that peanuts. too. That no, that sounds too good. Let's take a time and talk about that one. Spinach <laughs> with peanuts. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah, this is and, very and dreaming. <laughs> it's very simple to prepare. Oh, uh, the spinach. You um, well, spinach. You, you you cook it with, with onions and garlic, and you take the. Um, I I use fresh peanuts, raw peanuts, when I'm cooking things that really, uh, have uh, peanuts ingredients, and I blend I blend the raw peanuts with a uh, peanut butter that has no sauce salt, and you take it and you mix it with this spinach dish. And you have it simmered. You season it with salt and pepper, or any other herbs you want to put in there. Add to it, and it's very simple. And you eat it with that, you know, like you'll say grits or whatever. Not it's 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 prepared like a dumpling style. It's not loose like grits. The way you have grits, it's well, it's much more uh, thicker. It's almost thick, thick like fufu, but not as thick as fufu. But it looks just like grits. Well, I don't want to run over too much, but um, I'm tell a quick story that once I was in Liberia and mm -hmm. was going to Robertsport and the guy jumped out of the car and I was like, I'm hungry. I seen the McDonald's, but he saw, <laughs> but he saw a monkey <laughs> and we was like, what are you going to do with that monkey? And he said, eat it. <laughs> Did tell he me, kill he it? No, he just saw a guy on the road with the monkey and he bought oh, it, it was guy. it was he, dead already yeah and he bought it from a guy that was on the road yeah so do you have monkey in your cookbook too no i don't <laughs> okay <laughs> why well, hear that's a specialty <laughs> with some people it is a specialty okay like pork is a specialty for some people and some oh, people absolutely. don't eat pork exactly 
That's so, the way I look. That's the way I look at it now. But not that day, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, with some people, it's a specialty. Right. But not everyone eats monkey meat in Liberia, okay. or in, in Africa, and or in West Central Africa. Yeah, I've never had monkey in Gambia, so <laughs> never. <laughs> but I'll never forget that day. But my favorite dish that I had in Liberia was made of cassava leaves, I believe. Yes, chicken, cassava leaves. Chicken and beef. Yeah. Does that have a name? Cassava leaves, that's what we call it. No, the dish. It had, it had cassava leaves, chicken, beef. Uh-huh. Does that combination have a name? No, it's just cassava leaf that you prepare and you add chicken and beef to it. In Liberia, and I think Liberia is about the only West African country where we combine so many different things. Every, just about every dish we cook, you add chicken, beef, fish, shrimp, dry, you know, smoked, smoked fish, smoked meat or whatever. Because yeah, that, it, it brings yeah, that, the flavors together. So if that's what you mean, it's not, it's, it was just cassava leaf that you had that had that was cooked with chicken and beef. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so no, 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 no specific name. No, it's called cassava leaf, and it's my cookbook. Also, I have a recipe there for cassava yeah. leaf. Now, I'm just saying that that's why I like your cookbook, um, and people will probably want to um, not only cook the recipes in it, but just read it because it helps expand your what you can do. Because yes. I never thought of combining chicken and beef together until that day. Oh, and, yes. And cassava leaves I never had before. I thought it was greens. <laughs> it is, it is, a, it is the green. You know, it comes from the, uh, you know, the cassava root, right? Have you seen it before? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm going to bring some tomorrow. I'm going to bring some on Saturday. I intend to bring a piece of cassava to show uh, different things for, for people that are coming there, you know, to sort of educate them on the different things, I'm, I'm gonna bring a few things and I'm, I'm making some food also, you know, little little bites for people to have. But in Liberia, we eat a lot of greens. We have potato greens, which is a very favorite of so many people. Then we have palm butter. When you cook any of those dishes, there's in this soup, you add fish, smoked fish, you have chicken, you don't have to add beef, but those two things, you have to add some meat, some protein. Now you can have it without the protein. You know, you can have a plant-based, just eat it. But cassava leaf is a leaf from the, the cassava root. And it's the tender leaves that they pick and they pound on the ground. And that's what we cook. Yes, it is good. It is good. But it's, it's a favorite a lot of it's a favorite a lot of people. Yeah. I've learned to see it as a substitute as like collard greens, really, basically. Really? That's how I see it as a substitute of, because that's that's what I could relate it to. I oh, looked at okay. it, and I thought it was just I thought it was just collard greens. <laughs> but the, te the textures <laughs> are different, though. No, it's definitely textures different. It tastes different, but you know, I, I had no choice but look at it and say, "Oh, okay, it must be collard greens." Did, Did you have potato better. greens? Have what potato greens? No, I don't know what that one is. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to do that next. I'll have to do that next time. But before we go, yes. though, yes. one more question, because I know you serve as president of the Maryland for Progress, which is a Liberian-American yes. Liberian organization. Yes. So can you tell us what you all do in general? 
with your best accomplishment in the past year? And what are you all doing to celebrate the country's bicentennial, which is this year? Okay. Mary Lillis for Progress is an organization uh, organized in 1999 by, from folks from Maryland County, Liberia. Maryland County, I'm not sure if you heard that Maryland County is named after the state of Maryland. I don't know if you know that part of the history with African-Americans leaving from here and going out there and we didn't have their own state. Anyway, our organization has been in existence for 22 years. And what we've done in the past, if you've had a chance to visit our website, I'm not gonna go into details, but you just wanna know what we've done this year. So we'll, make a, we we'll decided, put a link to it. We'll put a link online to the group, okay. go ahead. Yes. What we've done in the past in the past six years or so is the they, they, uh, Tubman University is one of our major uh, achievements. We were able to contribute to the funding of reopening the Tubman University, which was opened about 10, 10 years ago. I won't say six years, 10 years or more ago. And we were able to send furniture, uh, support students, and just assist them in having what the equipment that they needed, computers and everything. Then we send our medical supplies also to the hospital, the only regional hospital over there, JJ Dawson Hospital. Uh, what we decided to do up the, within the last two, two, three years is to build water wells. There are a lot of villages out there have no clean drinking water. And so people get sick, kids die, and they have um, you know, waterborne diseases that cause blindness. And so we've built several wells. In fact, right now we're completing two wells for this year. We did two wells last year or the year before. And now we're building a school also. We are building a school. We gave this, uh, this village a well because they're drinking from a hole. When you go on the website, you'll see the hole. And they had a little mud building there that they want to call school. This village is 100 years old. They never had a school. 99% of the kids don't speak English. And so we decided that we're going to build them a school. And so we have built a school. The furniture is being made. It's almost completed. And we are also searching for teachers that speak the Gribble dialect, the Gribble language, and speak English also to teach them because they're kids from kindergarten and you have the ages of three, four years old, up to 17 years old who never went to school. Wow. So we are planning to group them in, in uh, group them by ages and not by by ages and not by you know what they know and they don't know because they this is the beginning for them. And so that's what we're doing. That's been our latest project and we're working on it. And we'll continue to build wells, water wells, because just we have too many water wells that were damaged after the NGOs left during the war. A lot of them were damaged. And then you have um, people not taking care of the, the rivers. The, the rivers are polluted because of commercial reasons. And so we have to build these water wells to ensure that these people are healthy and have clean drinking water. So before we go, what are you doing to celebrate the country's bicentennial? What am I doing here in America? Oh, America or back in Liberia to celebrate the country's bicentennial? 
I know they had, I, I, I'm told they had a program in Maryland County. Maryland County is, it's, it's very south of Liberia, southeast Liberia. And so a lot of things that happened in Monrovia in that corridor, as they call it, uh, are, not, are not focused on in Maryland County. Maryland County sort of, they, they do their own thing, but they had several programs to acknowledge the 200 year celebration. And for us here, our group got together and we discussed, you know, the uh, impact it had of African-Americans going back there and what we can do to educate them. And my book is one of the things that I'm using also to educate other people. And some of the proceeds will be going to the projects that we are doing in, I mean, in Maryland County and in Liberia. When um, we discussed it and we have, our organization is connected with the state of Maryland because we are members of the Maryland Liberian and State Association organization committee, I'll call it. We signed an uh, MOU about mm, 12 years or more ago, 2006, I, I believe, with the state of Maryland to become a sister state. So the state of Maryland is a sister state with, with Maryland County. That makes sense. And so, and so what, we, what we have done is to educate those members uh, about what happened and, and they're aware of the 200 year celebration. We are members of that and that's what we've done. Well, Roberta, we've run out of time. Well, thank you for the lively discussion. Thank, thank you. For make, thank you for making me hungry. Thank you for <laughs> explaining to me what I have been eating and what I plan to eat. And your book, uh, you, you're going to sign your book uh, Saturday, June, uh, June 4th. 4th. As a Wadi at 15th and U Street Northwest in Washington from 1 to 3. Yes. And so we're going to have the links on, uh, on our site so people can follow you to the Wadis and follow you thereafter. Yeah. Uh, and um, is it okay if I give you the, 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 uh, the website for my cookbook and also for Maryland of Progress? Is that okay? No, because I'm going to put it on the site there. So all they do is click and click, all they do is look and click. <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> they say it, they won't, but it's hard for people to write it down. But it's thank you right so there much. And they'll see and click. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for your time and have well, a great day. You too. God bless. All right.